That's um, OJ, what was OJ's lawyer again? <laughs> Johnny, Cochran. Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, my neck just cracked. Yeah, he, he's up there. If the sex is not P to V, then it is not saw to me. <laughs> Nail go with him trying to have sex with the girl, not being able to put the condom on. Be like, if the glove doesn't fit, you must quit. <laughs> Oh, I've never heard Johnny Cochran before. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, a show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show. Rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Trial and Error. Trial and Error went 23 episodes over two seasons on NBC. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Pilot, originally airing March 14th, 2017. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the boys, most of the boys, Ferg, Nick, and Joe. What's going on, guys? No Gordo this week. hey Gordo hates the fans. This is his second week missing of January. Yeah. But Gordo does recognize penises, though, so just keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, so this is our last week of January, where January may have ended a week ago. We uh, we here at S1E1 have January, which lasts a fifth week. This is the fifth and final week for January. This is Julia's pick. I remember when she sent us her top five, it was, like, overwhelming for me because, like, all the other ones in the top five were, like, these gigantic podcasts, like, Conan and Office Ladies and Nikki Glaser and us. And I'm like, what? <laughs> we, it just feels like weird to be on that list. I know, because we're so much better than all of <laughs> We should have been, yeah. Why weren't we number one? Yeah. I mean, we're like Conan O'Brien. We're all from Boston. We all went to Harvard. It makes yeah. sense that we'd be in the same league. We all wrote for The Simpsons for a very long time. I forget time. he went to Harvard. Me and Ferg saw Nikki Glaser in LA not that long ago. So we're all practically buddies. Yeah. She's very funny. Yeah. And she actually sent us like a long, before getting a pick officially had sent us like a long list of shows that she would like us to cover, which I encourage all of you guys to do again. S one E one pod on Instagram X, whatever, send us shows you want us to cover. We do look at them and it's, it's good to have like a bank of shows that we may have forgotten about. I remember when, you know, we officially gave her the pick uh, for, you know, participating and it'd be, and, and kind of saying like, Hey, pick one. You think we might not pick. <laughs> and here we are with trial and error, which Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad she picked it because honestly, yeah, I didn't. Too. I didn't know this show existed, and I don't know uh, how. <laughs> how did I never see a commercial even for this yeah, show? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if somebody came to me and said, "Do you want to watch a show that stars John Lithgow that is a spoof of true crime documentaries <laughs> starring Hunter from The Office?" I would have screamed and thrown all of my money at them. And yet, it went two seasons. That was a long time ago. Never heard of this. Fucking how. Did you see the commercials for it though? Like it was kind of surrounded by really good shows, but that yeah, usually like helps. Good place and um, was superstore, superstore. Yeah. superstore yeah, I was um, watching both of those shows as they happened yeah. too. How did that happen? Yeah, no, but you know what? I will say I remember advertising for both of those shows. I don't even kind of remember seeing a commercial for this. That's show. how I am Unless- with this. I don't even. I didn't know the show existed until Julia picked it. And what year was this, Jay? Twenty seventeen. And when did it, do we know what t- like time slot it had, what day? I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm guessing Thursday, because if it was being advertised around Superstore and 
all that. That was like the classic NBC Thursday that The Office was on, Parks and Rec was on. All that then there's no on. way I could have missed the show. It's insane. It's like it didn't happen. But luckily, we've got two full seasons we can now watch. And it says it was NBC. Like, I don't think it was a straight to Peacock, right? It said NBC. This is pre-Peacock. Oh, pre-Cock. This is pre-Cock. <laughs> Does anybody else get discouraged by that? Like, it's a good show. Then you find out it's only two seasons. Doesn't it kind of discourage you from watching? It does for me, anyways. I'm like, I don't want to get like heavily involved in something that doesn't. You don't get what you want. I know what you're saying, but with this show, the plot of it, like that can't go on forever. No, I know. I thought about that. I, I want to talk about that a little later too. But, but they could have. He could go other places. I'm kind of the opposite, Nick, because I this I admittedly am the worst TV watcher out of the group. Uh, maybe outside Gordo, but amongst the four of us i'm the worst and sometimes there's like really popular shows that people like and i'm like oh maybe i'll watch that and then i see it's like 11 seasons 200 episodes i'm like uh and that gets overwhelming <laughs> yeah. and i'm like you know what i don't have time for this see i, I love that because it's like that's what i'm gonna do for the next month perfect <laughs> that'll last me a week <laughs> yeah, we've made it up to season four in frazier which is pretty much all we watch at night now the only way like i can take on like multi-season things like binge is like we we would need another pandemic (laughs) so that was when i did the most of my tv watching as much as i love television let's not do that okay (laughs) no yeah so i think we already covered none of us knew the show existed (laughs) but when you look at some of the metrics imdb uh 7.9 rotten tomatoes critic score 88 audience score 86 so this show is like well received by anyone who watched it it just didn't get promoted i think it's crazy when they went for the third season. It, it said I was reading about it. it said they like they shopped it around. Like they wanted the show to keep going enough that they weren't even just like NBC is not going to do a third season. Whatever they were like, let's see if somebody else wants to do it. And then nobody did it. The yeah. fuck. I was sold on second. I saw John Lithgow because I thought when I read the name, it sounds like an old show. I'm like, I don't want just boring old show. And then I well, saw John Lithgow and all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. I'm not going to pick it anytime soon because it would confuse everybody, but the original show from 1988, Trial and Error, that I found out about when researching our show is now on my list, which is a Tommy Chong-produced sitcom uh, starring Paul Rodriguez that only lasted three seasons before it was canceled, or three episodes. They didn't even play the last, like, eight episodes of it. I saw some promo photos, yeah, when I was looking just for, like, images for our graphics. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? One of Brad Pitt's first roles ever was on episode two of Trial and Error, produced by Tommy Chong. That's a great trivia question. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that the show isn't without faults, and like we'll definitely cover that as we get through the episode. Before we start that real quick, though, I just want to say, does anybody here, like, I'm a huge true crime person. I watch lots of documentaries. I listen to lots of podcasts. When I first saw what this was, I was like, oh, it's a documentary. They're going to riff on, like, The Office, Parks and Rec sort of thing. And it's not. It's riffing on all of these nine-part miniseries. Uh, particularly, they reference The Staircase a bunch of times in this. Uh, so I don't know if you guys are like familiar or watch any of those, but to me, that made this even funnier because it is like really well-done riff on I those. don't typically watch a lot of that stuff. I know it's a huge, very popular genre these days. I never got really into it, only because I'm someone who, and I tell people all the time, I, I think the world is so depressing that when I go home, I want to be like entertained and laugh. Like I don't want to watch more like murder and sad things. Like I need an escape through television. That's why I like watching sitcoms. I'm with you on that. that. 
I understand that, and instead, I'm like, I hate everything so much. And it's like, and then they put their breasts in the refrigerator, and I'm like, ooh, tell me more. <laughs> I will say, I saw some of the um, Casey Anthony's parents take a lie detector test, and I watched that, and that was kind of interesting. But um, but typically, I don't watch a lot of that stuff. Every now and again, like you just date lines on, and I'll watch it. But there is a line though, because there's like you know, there's the Hillside Stranglers, and there's the fucking Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, and there is all that stuff. And then there are the Casey Anthony's too, though, where the person is so fucking dumb and so easy to make fun of that you can actually have fun with that sort of true crime because you're like that fucking idiot. And then they thought they'd get away with what, like that sort of stuff. I find interesting. Sometimes it's just so dark and gloomy. I do get you. It's it's uh, a bit much. You can't do it all the time. But then sometimes you're like, you know, the Unabomber didn't have the worst ideas about some things. And then you're like, OK, I got to take a walk right now. I think things are getting dark in here. Now, my mom will go to bed with that stuff all the time. It's like, I can't like that can't be the last thing I look at before I go to sleep. And it's like, <laughs> and then her boyfriend strangled her to death and like it left her fucking body spread out in the woods and no one ever found any of the parts. And I'm like, all right, good night. Like, I can't, I just can't do it. Then you're just here like moving on up. You're like Jay's having a way better <laughs> fall asleep right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess we might as well get right into the actual meat of the show here. It starts with like the screen, which says the following documentary tells a story of the people versus Larry Henderson. Chapter one, a big crime in a small town. Right off the bat, the fact that um, John Lithgow's last name is Henderson, which I think I read was <laughs> deliberate. It has to Jesus be. Jesus Christ, yeah. that didn't hit me. Really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Wow, I love like it like even more. You would have been the first person I think. I know. Right on that. <laughs> I'm shocked. Uh, to be fair, though, I will say the end of Harry and the Hendersons is, for our generation, I feel sometimes a lot sadder than most of the true crime things. <laughs> and they left her body in the woods and nobody found her. And I'm like, that's kind of sad. And it's like John Lithgow slapping. Get away like, from me, no, you stupid ape! <laughs> it starts with, it looks like, um, like, it's, we're watching the news and it's just like kind of a title screen of a, like a nine one one call. So you see like the text of like the audio, like flashing on the screen as they're talking. And it's Larry's John Lithgow's character talking to like the nine one one dispatcher about how he thinks his wife's dead and there's blood everywhere. And then like his phone beeps. He's like, ah, oh. it's like, oh, it's a cable company. I've been waiting all day for them. Like while he's talking to nine one one and like, I mean, it's funny. Cause even, even in this part right off the bat, there's this weird, disconnect like emotional like thing he has where when he's talking about his wife's death it's like it seems to be affecting him less than the fact that he's gonna miss this like his time frame from right, the cable yeah. company to be fair though like we always make fun of the jokes from the 80s with like and how do you set the vcr right like that sort of stuff ages but the cable guy won't get there on time will always be relevant because even when a bunch of us were like well, then fuck you, Cable. We'll cut the cord. They were like, oh, yeah, you still need internet, though, don't you? It's like, fuck! You guys, you guys <laughs> not this guy. I got T-Mobile internet. We cut the cord work? completely. It's not bad. I bought, uh, you buy a modem. I actually, I overdid. I bought two of them because they, they were, like, cheaper than Comcast internet. So I have one on each floor just because. So what do you mean it's, it's, you don't need, like, it's just power? It doesn't need, like, cable or phone? No, it's it's kind of like just having a giant like uh, your phone internet just giant hot spot. Your house. So can you take it anywhere? No. You know what's bullshit? I live up the street from you, and I can't get that. They denied me. My understanding of it is, yeah, there's only they only have so many spots per zone because they because it'll take up like you know x amount of bandwidth from the from. 
So like, so they have to like slot restrict it, which is why when it, when oh, but I you got can it, get two. That's why I Fuck got two. You, Jay. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work out. So I, just in case I need to, I would rather have them now than not be able to get an additional one. I have one on each floor only because I didn't want like one's basically just dedicated for when we do the show. Cause I don't want other things being on in the house affecting the internet for me. So I, I do it that way. So you're, you're welcome for spending extra money just for that. You just didn't want your porn to buffer. Don't lie. <laughs> exactly Watch porn on, on my there. phone like a normal adult these days. And, and that's done with um, my separate phone Wi-Fi. Your separate phone? You've got a burner porn phone? 5G. Regular. I don't even use incognito mode. That's fine. You don't even incognito mode it? Really? I don't want to get too into this right now. We your history your phone is just burning right now. No, I'm like a home, <laughs> home screen player. <laughs> I can't believe you don't go incognito. What am I hiding? <laughs> you know, you know what? It's not that. It's that I don't want to be like showing someone like a restaurant and type one word yeah. and have it be like you jizz or you porn yeah. or like. God forbid you need to type in Cummings, Georgia, one day, and all of a sudden <laughs> your phone is like, holy shit! I'll cross that bridge. Get to it, I guess. But um, anyways, to get back into this phone call, there's a point where. He does decide while on the phone with dispatch, he's going to try to take that Comcast call, whoever the cable is. And he clicks. He goes, he's, yes, hello. I was promised someone would be here between 12 and 5, and you just hear, still 911. He's like, ah, fuck. They bleep it. But um, <laughs> it, was, it was very funny. It is relevant, though. The last time I had to have people here to put the internet in, they said they were going to come within a window. They did not. It was way later. I went outside to grill because it was still summertime. And the guy like pulled his van and was like, you come in and uh, show me all this stuff. And I was like, there's me cooking now. Like, You're two hours later than you said you were going to be. I, again, not the hard part. I love that. I don't have to deal with them anymore. So much, so much. I mean, is there some convenience to having Comcast? Yeah, but they ruined it for themselves. They give you this timeline. We'll be there from 10 to two. And you're like, that's a long fucking time. And then they'll come at six. Yeah. <laughs> it's never going to go away. This is classic. Where's the clitoris? Nobody knows. South Park killed it with that one. They're like, oh, they're rubbing their nipples. And they're like, oh, but you need us? Oh, but it's going to take so long to cancel. <laughs> we, uh, when we moved, because we moved out of state, like Comcast called us and we're, they were like, uh, we think you still have like two of our modems. And we we're like, I don't think we do. Like, what we think you do. It's like, oh, you think we moved two modems out of state to a state you don't cover that wouldn't work here and we're just hanging on to them? Like, well, could you return them? It's like, okay, send a self-addressed box and we'll send them back to you. Like, what do you think we did? When my mom canceled, they they told her, like, you're canceling? Like, you've been with us for over 30 years. She's like, yes. Like, why? It's like, she's like, because you charged me over $300. Like, I don't get anything for it. That's another thing I hate. Like, you order this stuff. Like, they don't, they just send you the boxes and the modems now. They don't send a person to, like, hook it up anymore. And then you have to send the old shit back. You can't even just bring it to this place anymore. Yeah, it used to be, I mean, like, as wrestling fans, right? Like, we remember this very much, especially going to Ferg's house to watch pay-per-views. Like, there was a time when you had to go to the cable company's physical location in your town and say... I would like to purchase this pay-per-view in four days, and they would, like, set it up for you. That is insane to think of how different things are now. That was a rant. <laughs> yeah. After that, they, um, that call ends, and you cut to a news reporter in front of Larry's house. And as she's, like, doing her report, that's when you see Larry's, like, walking out of the house surrounded by cops. They're about to, like, take him off in, like, the squad car. 
and like she goes to approach him to like get like you know a sound bite for her report and he's talking about how he wouldn't hurt anything and hands the reporter his dog and tells her like can you please watch my dog like he's all i have left and then when he gets put in the car like they do that like clever camera shot where they like show you that the you know the leash is still inside the car like he's still holding on to it and then like sure enough he starts to drive and the dog goes flying like they and <laughs> get the yelp it's shot in a way, yeah, where it's like, it's not graphic, but it's done well enough that you know exactly what happened. Shades of a uh, vacation. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. It was like um, a, a good way to start off the show. I thought. It was a great warm up. I instantly was like, I'm probably going to green light this show, not the spoil. <laughs> it's like, this is from this intro. This is great. We haven't talked about John Lithgow, aside from saying he's great and he's in this, but what an amazing actor he actually is, right? He because has like, so much range. John Lithgow in Dexter is one of the scariest performances of all time. John Lithgow in Cliffhanger is such an evil person. And then usually he's Third Rock. We watch all of Third Rock from the Sun, and he's like the funniest guy ever. He seems so sweet. He's such a good actor. It's insane. In Daddy's Home, too. I know you love Christmas movies. <laughs> I thought he did a really good job. Um, First newer Planet of the Apes movie, that first of the three that come out. Like I, he was... Oh, it made me so sad. <laughs> Yes, but he play- it was a dramatic role. He played it very well, though. And that's why I was saying how much re- he's got just incredible range. And for a while, I only knew him from one cliffhanger and two uh, Third Rock from the Sun. And I, it's like, yeah, you can play a villain. And then you just see him sad in that. And then you see him as a sail killer in Dexter. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. This guy's he's working talented. The sh- with the Shrek franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Farquaad. The Dexter thing that really got me that season, I was like, especially because he was killing kids and stuff too. We we're like, this is so dark. From um from the scene, we get straight to like the intro, which was like it was like short and sweet murder board kind of panning across. This is very much what like an Amazon original true crime docuseries looks like at the beginning. I thought it worked. It, you know, nothing special, but like nothing bad. You know, uh, you know, quick enough. I I thought it worked for the show. You know what I considered like. Because I never heard of this show, I was like, did something controversial happen that, like, this just got canceled and never aired? I didn't do any research at the time, but I was just like, this show is great, and I never heard of it. Was there, like, a murder that was close to this? And, like, they were like, oh, we gotta pull the plug. Like, they made fun of something a little too real, and they were like, guys, this isn't gonna play. Yeah, I mean, we already talked about it, but yeah, it's just, it is weird to me. I just don't understand not knowing the show existed <laughs> like i guess it's yeah it's wild uh i'm glad i do now though because i do want to watch this show like i wish i yep. knew back then now in the next scene the uh it's an interview with jeremiah and josie jefferson davis which is margaret who is the victim uh her brother and sister-in-law and we learn that Jeremiah is financing Larry's like defense, you know, his brother-in-law's defense because he knows how much he loved his sister. And he starts talking about how he needs to hire a Northeasterner and touches his nose to This took me until the second scene to realize the joke. Oh, you did? I got it right away. It, it took me until he meets Josh to get the joke, and then I was like, "Oh wow, they well, went for that joke." Huh? <laughs> the second time when we we'll talk about it, but they <laughs> It's almost like it was almost made for if you didn't get the joke, we're going to tell you what that meant. Well, thank God that it had its uh, idiot clause because I did not get the joke. The so a Northeasterner uh, was code basically for a Jewish lawyer. Northeasterner. <laughs> the Northeasterner. Yeah. 
And this is Bob Gunton, who most people, I think, would immediately... He's in a million things. He's a great actor. I think most people would immediately think of him from Shawshank Redemption, where he plays a very evil person. So you're like, oh, you're immediately like, oh, that's like the vibe I get from him. Wait a minute. Wasn't he... Was he in something we covered recently? Two weeks ago. He was... Or or a few weeks ago. He was in um, Greg the Bunny. Oh. He's like the main adult, like the one guy who's a... Yeah, the one guy who's a human in the cast of Greg the Bunny. <laughs> the oh. knife-throwing Junction Jack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who makes that show? I missed that episode. I wasn't on that episode, and I'm sad I wasn't because I have a lot to say about that show. And it makes me sad that that Melissa McCarthy movie didn't get better play because I feel like it felt much a lot like that. It's like the Sunnyside Murders or something, oh, the puppet okay. movie. It was okay. We cut to like a, like a plane landing exterior shot, and then we get to like a kind of talking head interview with josh who's like the main character of the show and he's like the junior defense attorney who's gonna help like prep this case the boss from the bigger law firm sent him basically to get things ready because he didn't want to go and again i just want to point out one more time this is hunter from the office which i think is the best thing ever it is funny because like i mean that character didn't we didn't see a lot of hunter in the office he was in like three episodes but he also but you get to hear him a lot in the greatest Office episode ever. Yeah, he presents differently in those. So, like, to see him in this is, you, you almost have to look it up. Like, I wouldn't, ha- if I didn't know, I wouldn't have, like, pegged it just from seeing him. Not to say that I've ever bootlegged a record before, because I certainly haven't bootlegged a record before, allegedly. But I did look into the idea of, could I bootleg a record of The the Hunted, which is... <laughs> but tonight... <laughs> But you yeah. can't find like a longer version of the song and you can't, it doesn't make sense to put a record out with a 20 second song snippet. Yeah. You need the whole song. <laughs> but if I ever find it and somebody allegedly can send it to me, allegedly there might be some copies of it. Yeah. So he's the, he's like the lawyer and main character in the show. He's talking about how it's like a good opportunity for him, how he kind of feels like he's arrived and, but his bag has not, which is funny because that's the thing, right? His bag's missing. It comes up later in the show means nothing. There's no, like, I thought that was all going to be, like, a setup for something. And later on, he's just like, oh, my bag's here. And it, like, nothing happened. There was no gags related to him not having his clothes. Like, nothing. Yeah. I think it was supposed to just be, like, he's almost like a Butters character where it's like, oh, everything sucks, but at least I got my bags. Like, Yeah. I, I just thought, like, because the show is pretty clever at times. And I was waiting for that to, like, be a piece of the puzzle. Maybe in a later episode it is. Maybe it's a deleted scene or something. Yeah, I thought they were going to go for the um, My Cousin Vinny scene thing where, like, he his suit gets ruined. He has to buy a, a suit from the one place that's open in this tiny little town. And it's like a comical <laughs> suit. Like, suit. something like that, you <laughs> right, know? Right, right, exactly. And um, also, we find out this show takes place in East Peck, South Carolina. I didn't even bother to look if East Peck is a real place. It's not. Okay. He goes outside after his flight, and you see, like, the dude standing there with the sign, and it just says lawyer on it. And that dude is Dwayne Reed, which is a play on the name of like the drugstores, like in New York and stuff. Yeah, which yeah. is it is called Dwayne Reed, just spelled differently. Yes, it was weird because it was it was they deliberately named him that for the joke, but I don't know the like the connection to it. I don't know. I think the joke is maybe whoever wrote this must have been like going on a New York trip thing with him. You know what I mean? To be like, it'll be funny for people who are from New York because I don't think there's a Dwayne Reed anywhere else in the Northeast. Except for New York. They explained the joke, so I got it. 
but I didn't know what a Dwayne Reed was. Yeah, I knew them from being in New York a good amount yeah, of times. Seen them but in New York, but it's just like being here and seeing like Rite Aids and yeah, like CVS. I'll go drug. Yeah. Well, doesn't Walgreens own Dwayne Reed? I thought there. It's just like Walgreens by another name, like Carl's and Carl's Jr. and Parties. are they like going Parties. under? Like all of them? I don't know. They might Walgreens. Be. I don't want to speak out of turn. I think I might have seen them on like list of things that are getting like big. Who knows? There's a lot, a lot of no Walgreens in 2024 is closing a bunch of their okay. underperforming stores as our CVS. Uh, we have a CVS and a Walgreens across the street from each other here. I love the Walgreens. I hate the CVS here. So I'm really hoping they keep our Walgreens open. What if they close both? <laughs> if they close both, I don't know where I'm going to go to get my crazy pills. And it's going to be a problem for everybody. <laughs> and by everybody, I mean me and my wife. Now. Yeah, Mrs. Like, Joe. I don't know. Yeah. And like whatever ledge I find. So Dwayne Reed. Who you can you can hear like a, a heavy like twang. I'm surprised it's only South Carolina when you find out because like his his accent really tipped him off as being further south. No, once you get to the Carolinas, that's where the accent to me personally you start hearing it. Having been to like every state from the tip of Canada all the way down to the tip of Florida, I feel like you start hearing the accents in the Carolinas. You start feeling the weather being warmer in South Carolina, and then the air smells better than anywhere else in Georgia. And then it all goes downhill once you hit Florida. That's how I've experienced you knock, it. You my... knock that off. <laughs> I've been to Georgia. I've been to Florida. I think I've um, passed right by. Like, haven't been in the Carolinas yet. You have to stop at um, south of the border. That's the big place to stop. I've been to every state on the East Coast. Have you guys? No. Yeah. I just said I haven't been to the Carolinas. No. Oh, yeah. I have been to every one, yeah. Um, like, no. Like, there's a bunch, actually, I haven't been to. Like, I haven't been actually... to Maryland. Uh, no, I have. I've been in Baltimore, actually. That's, I'm not sure I've ever been on foot in Delaware. You probably have because in Delaware, it's there's a big portion of. No, I know you have. Did you come with us to get beer? The that beer time in trip. We stopped in Delaware and made the Wayne's World joke. Yeah, I'm in Delaware. <laughs> but there's also a very like that's one of the states that just has like nothing in it except for a bunch of huge rest stops. So if like you're driving and you want coffee, like you're gonna stop just to get it, and you'll technically your feet will hit terra firma. Oh, uh, how are the glory holes, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> kind of loose <laughs> I, yeah i don't know who they made them for some giant or something it was like i had all this room in there <laughs> who are these even for <laughs> really high up and really big i don't get it we find out that Dwayne, who's the lead investigator on this is um former pd he says until he retired and josh's like you're a little young for that right because he's like in his 30s yeah, I would track him as like younger than us. Yeah, and he's like, there was a like an incident, and we got a flashback, and it was like him doing like a routine traffic stop, but all from dash cam. Yeah, it was like the dash cam from like the hood of his squad car, and he left the car in neutral, and so since he didn't set the brake, it started rolling back. But he thought someone was stealing his cop car, so he starts shooting at it. Normally, I don't like things like CGI bullet holes. But this was so well done and so bad in a funny way that I laughed so hard <laughs> at it. What are you shooting the? They points the gun at the girl he's doing the traffic stop for. Don't point says, that Don't at me. Point that at me. That was so fucking funny. And then he throws the gun and runs away. <laughs> runs away. <laughs> That's what I knew I was gonna like this show. That was Same. the scene where I yep. was like, okay, I'm in. Like, really? It hooked me way earlier. I was already like, I'm in. I was a little on the fence until this scene. This scene really grabbed me. So from there. They're heading over to like their headquarters where they're going to be doing all the work for this trial. And Dwayne secured a spot for them that he had to rent out. So when they go in, Josh is like, oh, you got 
a place next to a taxidermy place? He's like, even better. And you open it up and it's inside of the taxidermist like spot. So there's just animals everywhere. <laughs> yeah. This is so weird because it's it's listed when you look up the show, it's in the like there's a taxidermy in the back of it. But why does he decorate the entire building with taxidermied animals? Like I got confused at this where I was like, is the office part of it? So yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like uh, taxidermies hey, some people are really into it. To me, it's I don't think I'd want that in my house personally because it, it could be a bit unsettling, but I don't like it. And people often talk about getting their pets. I would never. And I think that's a real, and most tax members will not do it, right? Like it's, because you're going to fuck it up. It's not going to be like weird dead eyes and everything. It's yeah. not going to be your pet. But the yeah, tax memory feels a little weird to me. So first he notes like the sound of like cutting through bone, which was, again, it's like a little creepy. It's a weird me. noise to to be able to point out. Yeah, that sounds like a saw cutting through bone. <laughs> That's what it is. And then we meet um the assistant, like Anne, who's kind of like um not just the assistant. She's like supposed to be like basically everything on this team because they they only have <laughs> the three of them. And that's played by Sherry Shepard, who is I was kind of surprised to see her on this show. She's so great in this. Uh, for Mister Iglesias, we've seen her in. Yes. So I'll I'll say this in the beginning. We find out she has like a bunch of disorders and stuff. And the first one that we find out about is like this one where she forgets she has facial amnesia. So she That's a real that's a real thing. I had a teacher at UMass Boston that had it. And on the first day of class, she was like, I want to take pictures of all your faces so I can remember I'm wow. immediately dropped that class. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm not denying that it's I like, there's so many crazier things that I would never think are real. So like, I'm not shocked to hear that that's real, but just the way that it was like presented in the gags that went through it. I just thought it was a little too goofy for even this show. I, I didn't like this one. I thought it was I enjoyed this a lot. I, I, I know it's very goofy and it doesn't make sense in a real world scenario, maybe, but it allows you to go so many directions and then add so many little fun jokes as the episode goes through. And she plays it so well. So I didn't mind her having this. I didn't like the fact that she's got everything. <laughs> I was wondering if Ferg thought she was too dumb. We'll we'll go through it because there's like there's like three different things we find out she has in this episode alone. I don't know about future episodes. There are but... more in other episodes. If you like look up her character, there's like a list of all of her ailments. She does tell you in a talking head that, you know, although she doesn't remember faces, she does remember penises because uh, with her <laughs> husband, it's like she... Sleeps with a new man every night. I got to laugh at that. She can remind if she wants. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, are you guys not into her? What's going on? She um, can remember mine if she wants. <laughs> uh, that does not imply that she'd be willing to see it at any point. But <laughs> I said if she wants, sir. That would that puts the onus on her. And in my not brain, it's not even like sexual. It's Joe just walking up and just handing her like a Polaroid of his dick. <laughs> it's a big Polaroid, Joe. There you go. <laughs> I got a big Polaroid for you. I got three by three. What I did find very funny in the scene is when he like finally goes into his office and he's trying to make the most of the situation. Like, oh, well, I got this corner office. And he flips the shade up, and there's just the creepy dude doing taxidermy. Like, I that caught me off oh, guard. I, I thought you were going to say the bear. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. When he first opens the, the door, the bear freaks him out, and he screams. But when the dude, when he sees the dude in the window, like, that one got me more than anything <laughs> yeah. in this episode. Jay, did you not meet him before? He's in Ghostbusters with you. He was in my Ghostbusters? Really? 
Yeah, he's in the bad Ghostbusters with you. He's the ghost Sparky. He's one of those guys who's in a million things. He's the voice of Appleseed and King of the Hill. He looks very... He's one of the teachers in um, Freaks and Geeks who's, like, in every episode. He's one of those guys who's super familiar and you see just all Oh, wait, the is time. he the guidance counselor in Freaks yeah. and Geeks? Oh, okay. All right. Honestly, I didn't see enough of him in this episode to... They make him look together. kind of crazier because usually they just make him look kind of sleazy. That's like his kind of go to gimmick. But in this, they made him look like scary. Also, a show we've covered previously, Lucky Louie. There is an episode where he runs away with the neighbor's daughter, played by Emma Stone. That is one of the funniest episodes of that entire series. It's worth a watch. And then he's kind of like, Josh is kind of, again, not happy with the situation. So he's like, all right, I'm going to head out and go to the courtroom and talk to larry you cut to larry like sitting at the table orange jumpsuit you know shackled up when josh gets there he's asking him how he's doing and he tells josh he's like well my roommate's a serial rapist yo i had said the j earlier i was like that's gonna be joe's opening line on the th- <laughs> when we start the episode and then you didn't do an opening line for the first time he ever did. He, he mentioned recognizing uh, penises I did. Oh. I just I I pivoted it to Gordo because he's not here this week. <laughs> well, I want to do the gluten free line at the beginning, but I assumed that you would all bag on me for it when we got there, so I I didn't want to <laughs> yeah, reference this scene. Later, but um, <laughs> it's actually coming up now. So yeah, we find out that the serial rapist. He's like, well, he keeps himself and he's clean and he's gluten free, so he gives me his pastries. Joe, there are gluten free pastries though, right? You have options. There are. Uh, the thing is, I just don't imagine they offer them to you in a South Carolina prison. I can say this in limited, limited experience I have in jails, just so those of you listening know. <laughs> Which is, how does anybody else here have any experience? Zero. Okay, well, well, listen, you know, I may have a couple, and maybe a couple is three, but, you know, <laughs> nothing, listen, nothing that was like an extended stay. They're just kind of like lock up and leaves. Just so you guys know. Do you have your teens, 20s, and 30s all covered? Yeah, you definitely yes. do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. Oh, the Roddy Piper ones. When I, I was trying to yes. figure out what the third one was. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, that's the teenage I, one, right? Um, I will say the one time, the one time that I had to stay overnight is the most recent. They just like every like few hours, they just have like a couple guys walk around. It was like general population. It was guys and girls. It was just like an like a whatever overnight. It was all in one big room. And they're just walking around with carts with like like bologna on like white bread sandwiches, which like <laughs> I passed. I just didn't eat while I was there. I spent a cool 10 hours. Um, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> I feel like the worst part of your day would have been the bologna sandwich in prison. It's, it can't be good. No pastry. They did offer apple juice. I had one of those. It was terrible. I didn't know you can make apple juice taste so bad. But yeah, how do you make apple juice bad? It's pretty it simple. It sucked. How do you mess with that recipe? But yeah, um, moving right along from that, while he's explaining that his serial rapist roommate's not so bad, he notices the camera, and now he's like, oh, shit, that, that must not look good. He's like, uh, terrible human being, though. Just terrific roommate. <laughs> I want a sitcom that is him and Jeffrey Tambor's character in Arrested Development when he's in prison as roommates in prison. I think that would be the funniest sitcom of all time. He's telling Josh what happened going over the account of the events when his wife died. And he's saying that he was waiting for the cable guy. And then he went in his yard to do some roller sizing, which is different than roller skating because he says that's for children. (laughs) And then (laughs) wants to demonstrate like the art of roller sizing, but he's shackled. So 
you can't really do much. A very graceful form of self-expression. I really love that description. <laughs> Says basically when I came back inside, my wife was dead. So I mentioned it a couple times. They reference it again later too, but there's a lot of these really like it's I don't want to say funny, but there are so many of these true crime documentaries where it's guys being like, Yep, that I left and then my wife was dead. Like it happens, and they all try to get away with it, and ninety-nine percent of the time it's so obvious. Like Robert Blake or um, Phil Spector was a big one too, right? But there's one called The Staircase. They reference it a little while after this too, where the guy's like, I think a bird flew in and then the bird knocked her down the stairs. You're like, this is a real thing that he's trying to tell the court. And I love that that's like what they're kind of aping here. At this point, did you guys think he did it? Oh, no. Well, I think they do a really good job of having him sit on the fence or having his yeah. guilt sit on the fence, yeah. right? Like you, that you really don't know. And, like, I guess, like, we don't find out in this episode or anything, but especially early on in the episode, I was leaning towards guilty just because of his, like, emotional detachment from the situation. Like, so that is what led me to believe, because, again, he seemed more distraught at the idea of the cable person not coming than his (laughs) wife dying. And he even brings it up here. He's like, because as he's telling the story, Josh is like, we need to prep you for the stand. And he's like, you know what the icing on the cake is? Cable guy didn't show up. He's like, well, maybe not. Maybe, maybe <laughs> you won't take this. Maybe stand. you don't take this. <laughs> Cause then after that, we cut to the courtroom and Josh introduces himself to, you know, the brother-in-law and his wife. And that's when, again, um, he wants to verify that Josh is a Northeastern and does the nose touch. And he's like, this is where the geniuses of the podcast. Ferg and I realized what this joke was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> When Josh realized, he goes, oh, yeah, like, my father born in Northeaster, and, you know, my mom's from Arizona, but, you know, she converted. <laughs> converted to Northeasterner. And then he goes to talk to, um, like, the district attorney. He introduces himself to her. Her name's Carol Ann Keene, but she keeps saying it super fast, so he can't tell if her middle name is Ann or if her first name is Carol Ann. They have some fun with this. I love just, like, a good wordplay joke that isn't necessary to the plot like this is just dumb funny that's why naked gun is so good i intro like i i saw her and i was like i know this girl i recognize her and i had to like look her up and the only thing that i feel like i have the thing that has to be the thing that flagged it was she played trixie on um like yep. she was on like six episodes of the league she's paul Shear's like crazy that's girlfriend. who she was yeah, yeah she was like the interior designer that he was gonna marry yeah she was allergic yeah. to his cum <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she's allergic to his yeah. calm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, oh. the, the League, Paul Shearer's character in The League comes up so often in our lives. We were watching some commercial the other day, and it was like, you know when they like give the list of symptoms you can get if you do a, you take a pill or whatever? One of them was thrush. And I was like, oh, that's the disease Paul Shearer gets because the porn stars had sex on his couch, and he gets it in his eye. It was just like, <laughs> why is that the reason I know what this disease is? Uh, she's also Paul Blart's love interest in Paul Blart Mall Cop, and then you see Holy her shit. in Paul Blart Mall Cop too. She has a cameo, so that's another big one. Wow, maybe that was the thing I would have known her more from too. That's crazy. She's blonde in that, right? I think so. It's been a long time since I've seen the Paul Blart movies. I've seen the League like fifteen times, so that's, What's her that that tracks name? more for me. But uh, not off the top of my head, I could pull it the up. Real quick. name, Nick? Yeah, uh, Jayma Mays. J A Y M A Mays. We get to like her talking head and she's talking about how she's, you know, deliberately assertive to people. So they remember her name. But like the irony of that is her way of doing that is to say her name too fast and confuse people. This also feels like an Arrested Development joke, too, though, doesn't it? Like Bob, blah, blah. Yeah, it did. And just the <laughs> delivery of it, too. 
And we get back into the court and we find out that she wants to set the bail at $93 million. <laughs> the typical thing with bail is you usually have to do 10% of what the bail is to get your bond. That's you usually have to pay up front. So I always find it interesting when they say a number. So like if you got arrested, they were like, okay, well, if you can come up with $93,000, we can let you out on bail. That's so insane. The amount Depends of money that what is. Kind of, again, I can say in my, my situations, um, <laughs> I had a $40 bail. And I had a $500 bail. And uh, one time, I don't think it was bail. One time it was just a drunk tank. So I don't, I think they just let us out, I think. Or someone else paid and I never knew. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wonder how I'm coming off in this episode. Probably not the greatest. <laughs> but I have had to bail people out of jail before in the drunk tank. They do let you bail them out. Uh, one of those people is a friend of ours who never paid me back. And it's You've in said my that head. before, actually. Yeah, it's in my head forever because I'm like, how dare you? It's not about the money. It is the fucking message of this. If you're listening, pay him back. And you're probably not <laughs> listening because you're a bad friend. Yeah, double <laughs> bad friend. That was also like, I don't know, 15 years ago. So so interest. Now I'm interest. interest. <laughs> one of my favorite lines in this episode comes up now because when she is explaining why she wants the bail so high. She's saying how it's like basically, you know, for killing his wife and injuring that poor dog. And he's like, oh, great dog. I'm glad Margaret wasn't alive to see that. <laughs> and the whole courtroom <laughs> groans. So are we to assume the dog is dead? No, you see him later with You see him later with his, oh, uh, you're his right. paw oh, yeah. Um, yeah. bandages yeah. up. Oh, so the dog's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just his, the way of like, again, the detachment of the fact that his wife's dead. And like, oh, I'm so glad she wasn't alive to see that. But now Josh is trying to counter. He wants a $10,000 bill and says that, you know, Larry's been a pretty model citizen. Cuts to a talking head where we find out that it was a $7 million bail when all was said and done, which he's looking at as a positive because significantly less than where they started at 93. <laughs> he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Yeah, that's a glass half full kind of guy. It's closer to his number than her number, I guess. So, <laughs> you know. That's why he should have lowballed even more. Yeah. And the, the talking head is actually not a talking head because they like pan out and you see he's just standing in front of like a marker board and he's with like Anne and Dwayne at their office. So now they're going to get started on like working on this case and Anne goes to write like the trial on the marker board or writes the trail and thing number two, we find out she has is dyslexia, which they don't like do much with after we find it's like just for that quick joke where she wrote trail. What I didn't like about this is that if you're going to make the jokes be she has these things she suffers from that are kind of not unrealistic, but like wacky, where it's like, I don't remember people's faces. So I'm going to keep saying hello to you. That she says dyslexia, which is like a thing that afflicts tons so of people. people. Yeah. Like it's not right, like a right funny, here. Yeah. Say, yeah. It's not like a funny joke at that point where you're like, well, that's just like <laughs> punching down for no reason. Like for the joke, it's <laughs> not that good. If the joke they had, if the dyslexia joke was better than her writing the trail versus the trial. Yeah, that was lame. They do that thing later where they're playing hangman and like they could have used it there where like instead of just we'll talk about what it is later. But if they were trying to spell a word and she spelt it wrong and it messed up like hangman like that. Yeah, you, you made can't sense, get it you know? right because it's spelled wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like there'll be one better layer above it. I just feel like I thought they would go with like because she's dyslexic, she mixes up a number and it messes up evidence that would have cleared his name or something like that. And maybe they touch back on it in later episodes. That's kind of the thing with this. Like, I don't know how clever this show is because we didn't see enough of it. So maybe all that comes back into play, but maybe it doesn't. And I don't know. That's tough when you do a show where you just these episodic things that it's like, 
one story's in the episode. This is a full story throughout a series. Right. It's, it's tough to us for us to comment on things like that because we don't know what comes up later in the series. It could be. Yeah, we have to treat it now. this way. So now they're all trying to like figure out theories, like ways Margaret could have died that weren't being murdered by her husband. And Anne like writes on the board suicide, but then we cut to Dwayne, who said that he already ruled that out, and then we see like a a cut scene to him like recording a not an evidence video, but like a demonstration to like pr- like I don't know what it's called. I don't know, but he has he has the jackass thing though too here, where he's like, "I'm Dwayne Reed. Welcome to Jackass." <laughs> basically, like is what he's doing here. So <laughs> there, he's like in a warehouse with like that giant like plate glass window, and you just see him from like far off. just like run full steam at it and then like jump up and bounce off the glass and like not even crack it like i thought that was funny that is funny i think we've talked about before too there's like that famous story of the guy who used to do that as like a funny trick at his office and then like the window didn't shatter he just hit the whole window out with him and fell like 100 stories and died like those windows are you get a really i mean like a plane will go through them but like a person probably not so much so uh is it plate glass like p-l-a-t-e i believe so yeah why? Because it's a plate of glass. A plate of glass, yeah. But what is, like, what's the definition of, like, I, I should know this, I guess, at 37, but, like, what's the definition of the word, of, like, when I think plate, I just think of, like, a plate of food? I mean, yeah, I think it's just, like, a flat sheet or plate, like, um... But, like, a plate isn't flat like that, you know? Like, a plate has... Some plates are flat, though. You're thinking of a circular beveled plate. Yeah, I have square plates. But even those aren't completely flattened, right? Like, there's, like, a little depth to it there is a divot oh okay so originally flat glass was manufactured by pouring molten glass onto metal tables called plates so it was, it was okay. from the way it was Got manufactured it. okay i was just wondering and i you know could have looked it up but let's just workshop it on here instead why google privately i had this conversation the other day so like you always see when a truck is there's like the glass trucks right the glazers drive you see them they usually have like um those big racks on the side. Big racks on the side, yeah. The big panes of glass on them. Just giant tits on the side. Giant tits, giant racks. But where does the big glass come from to get there? Like, I had that mental thing where I was like, do you ship glass in, like, a cargo container? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, that's glass in, like, a, a big pane for, like, a house or a building. I would imagine that it is manufactured probably nearby. Like, it's got to be somewhere on near to on the site, where. Right? Yeah, it's a good question, honestly. I don't know. I get a glass guy. If you do, let them know. Any glazers who listen, I would love to know. <laughs> They're trying to brainstorm, and like after 20 minutes, all they have on the board is the word bird, which you guys brought up earlier. <laughs> Josh is not suggesting maybe we take a quick break and try to go over some lunch ideas instead. And now the suggestions are pouring right out, and now they can think of things pretty quickly. And like he's, one of those bees. <laughs> yeah, they're rapid fire just writing all these different ideas for, um, for food. They end up with Thai food. Uh, I'm a Thai fan. Never had Thai food. There is a Thai restaurant that is now um, a block from my house. So I think with Thai food, there's always been yeah. a lot of fish involved and there's a lot of cross contamination. So I was always scared of it. It depends. And there's a lot of like curry dishes and stuff too. It's um, Love a good it. curry. From there, we flash forward a second time. And now the only addition to the board is that they're playing hangman. And I mentioned that earlier, but you can see that like the word like what they're playing, like the the correct answer is just Larry Henderson, Larry Henderson. <laughs> and Dwayne can't figure it out, even though the majority of the name has been given already. He was a cop, not a detective, right? It's different. Does anybody else? I, I don't know why, 
but for some reason, I wanted him to be played by Steve Zahn. Oh my god, I'm thinking the same thing. <laughs> this is a very like, Steve Zahn character. Yeah. yeah, right? They have a similar like look to themselves, too. Like, so like, That might be the that. reason why, yeah. Larry walks in, and I, I guess, I'm assuming his brother-in-law posted the bail, and he just kind of, he wants to see how they're doing. And he's like, so this is the team, huh? And he, he's, he looks over at the board, and Josh is trying to hide it from him at first, but eventually he gets a look, and he goes, oh, I'm going to die, aren't I? <laughs> because we do find out um, the death penalty is what he's facing. That was, yeah, I love that line. Tough to be stuck. I think you should always just live in a non-death penalty state, because that way, even if you're wrongfully accused, you never have to worry about it. That's some life advice right there. <laughs> I, I was going to say, uh, I think that's going to... That could end up being a conversation that's too heavy for our show. Um, but no, he's he's not getting into the morality of it. He's saying if you if you're not a criminal or you are, you should live in a state that isn't that just in case. Say you do want to kill someone and you get caught, you're not getting put down. Say you're wrongfully accused, you're not getting put down. Well, that's the um. If you remember the guy from the Manson family who was named Tex, who like fled to Texas, and then he was the only one who got killed. Because he he fled to somewhere with the death penalty. No, oh, isn't Tex still alive? No, he he was Tex Watson. I'd have to look this up now, but I don't think Tex I don't think Tex was executed. I've read a lot of books in the Manson family. Uh, Biddeford, Maine, where I'm from, is home to uh, I think uh, Krenwinkel. There's a Manson girl from here. What a fun name! Yeah, was that? Fun? Oh, he we're is alive. Up, when we were looking at places to move to, and she was like, "Well, there's a Manson family person here." I was like, "Well, we found <laughs> our home. Here it is." I thought he got the death penalty. No, he's still kicking. He, they, I think they didn't execute him because his IQ is like one of those guys. Like the IQ is too low to hit the threshold. Did he? Was he originally given the death penalty though? Almost all of them were given the death penalty in California. Yeah, but it, when so I mean Manson had the death penalty. A bunch of them had the death penalty. The problem is California had the death penalty. Anybody who was on death row at the time that they repealed the death penalty basically got immunity right so like that means you can't we can't just go snip snap snip snap on you so when they instituted death penalty again in california all those people were immediately uh made to life in prison no parole now i know what little information i knew about that situation was incorrect great also i like how your comparison is the michael scott vasectomy reverse (laughs) vasectomy snip snap snip snap snip snap snip snap we cut to later on and Josh is eating alone at this restaurant and there's a girl at the booth next to him. And we find out later that her name's summer. She's like telling him that she can fix his face because <laughs> he's like standing there, like holding his forehead. It's like, wow, that was like incredibly mean. She's like, no, you have like a stress crease. And she like pushes like her like thumb, like up his forehead. And the two of them get to talking and she eventually sits at the booth with them and they seem to be hitting it off. And she's saying, oh, you must be that new celebrity lawyer in town. Do you think he did it? He's like, well, you know, between you and me, he's kind of a kook. And then he's telling her how, you know, this is his first murder case. And, you know, if I can at least get it to trial, that'll still be really good for my career. And then he asks her what she's doing there. And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm here in town to help my dad. He's accused of murdering his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I said earlier, I was like, this show's not trying to be the office like I thought it was, but he definitely does a gym office face here at the camera. He has another Jimmy moment later on. There was a huge one when he was sitting at the desk, I think, is when it was. I was like, oh, that is John Krasinski right there. I'll say this kind of, it, it got obvious, but at first I didn't peg that this was going to be the daughter. Yeah, I didn't either. And also bring back the word kook. That's a fun word. <laughs> yeah. 
I like it gets incredibly awkward after that and she just leaves and I like that they left it on that note. She looked familiar and then I looked her up and she's not in anything that I know. Yeah, she's more of a theater actor. She's Wednesday Adams in the big run of uh, Adams Family on Broadway. Her IMDb profile looks nothing like the girl that I saw in the episode. <laughs> so I was like the hair, man, the hair makes a big difference. Yeah. yeah, it's a very specific haircut in this. So now we cut inside Larry's house. And Larry and his brother-in-law are joking about how he's going to die. <laughs> and the daughter's telling him to stop, saying nobody's dying. And Larry's explaining that basically that's like just like a coping mechanism. And that everywhere he turns are these subtle reminders of Margaret. And when he's saying that, it's while he's standing right in front of the giant like pane of glass that's cracked through with like police tape over it. (laughs) I lost it at this scene. (laughs) To see like where Uh. she was like brutally murdered while he's like fondly reminiscing about like memories was like it was funny the way they did it. I don't know if any of you I know Ferg did, I think, I'm pretty sure. But it's also like the show Dexter, John Lithgow was the best killer they had on the show by far. We so mentioned it a while ago like, when you were uh, you were off camera. Yeah, that season is terrifying. It's yeah, the best it's so season good, of the whole show. Of it. it really is. It's also the only season you can kind of go back, except for the first one, and watch standalone. Oh yeah, for sure. So now the doorbell rings, and Summer goes to open it, and it's Josh. Before like much happens, Larry walks over, and he's like holding this giant knife, asking if the two had met. And Josh is about to explain that they had, but before he can, Summer cuts him off and just fake introduces herself kind of avoiding the awkward situation. Like it's weird. It's like to cover for him, but you could admit that you met without telling what he said, you know? So that's like the classic sitcom lie for the sake of lying. And there's no real reason. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You could have been like, yeah, we met at the coffee shop and then that's still true. And just, yeah. And just not tell the rest. Yeah. He tells him to come in. He's like, I made a lovely pie and we're talking about how I'm going to (laughs) die. And then he asks if, um, if he is sentenced to death, if he can make his own last meal because he's on a low sodium diet. Like, why does that matter if you're going to die? A great <laughs> fucking line. It's your very last meal. Like, who fucking cares if your sodium's high? Yeah. And I will say this. Look, if you killed somebody, you did something bad enough to get sentenced to death and you're for sure 100% guilty. Like, no question about it. I don't think you deserve a fun last meal. Um, it was, I think it's like this whole... I get the idea. It's a way for the people who support that to justify being better than the people who did the murder. I guess. And look, I mean, we don't want to get pol- political about this. I think I'm not against death penalty as long as you can, like, the guy was there with a the knife in his hand caught because a lot of people have been killed who shouldn't have been. And that's a fucking bummer, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> but like, you're from... like, I killed them. I killed all those kids. Be like, okay, well, did you want extra cheese on your pizza? Like, no, fuck you, man. You don't get extra cheese on your pizza. You get whatever else I had today. You get rat droppings. Fuck my. You get a bologna sandwich. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get the bologna sandwich that Jay didn't eat. So since Gordo's not here to ask, I do think it's an interesting topic. Have you guys ever thought of what your last meal would be? I know there's like, there's actually like a newer show on YouTube. The guy who does like um, Good Mythical Morning, who's like the guy who's like their chef does it now and he hosts shows where. Um, he has celebrities on and they kind of do a multi-course, like what your last meal would be if you could have a last meal. So I, I have thought about this. And for some reason, every, uh, there is a more elaborate answer I could give where it's like some sort of, you know, like well-cooked meal or whatever. But my mind instantaneously, no matter, every time this gets brought up is just multiple Big Macs. Like just hit me with like three or four Big Macs. I'm going to put those down and feel great before I die. 
And that's heavy sodium. My last meal would be a file. Escape. <laughs> the Dwight Schrute answer, like a cake with a file in it. No, um, <laughs> never-ending soup, salad, and breadsticks, so you can't actually get killed. <laughs> I think, Joe, you'd be with me. I would probably be chicken parm would be my final meal. Mine would be real chicken parm, like actual chicken parm with real breadcrumbs and a box of Cheez-Its. I don't really give a shit what my stomach does when you fry me. It's at that point it's over. They they have to electrocute Joe's dead body. (laughs) (laughs) It won't stop coming out. But it's it's just smiling. Ironically, before the injection, he shit himself to death. (laughs) But um, I think in my situation... uh, it's, I got to represent, it's going to be a lot of Hong Kong dragon, the best Chinese food in the world. Hell yeah. Uh, it's going to be a bunch. You don't have to finish Support it, so I'm that. just going to get a bunch of different things. And then we're also going to have uh, an eggplant pizza. Uh, and then we're also going to have like a ribeye steak with some mashed potatoes. I didn't know I got multiple options. Yeah, I didn't know there was courses involved here. Hey, on that YouTube show, they have like 10 course meals. So, And I've watched like video. Have you guys ever seen the videos of like famous like last meals and stuff you no. can ask for a lot of shit i've read a bunch of them and sometimes there's a lot i mean sometimes it's like you know pretty minimal i think it depends on place time and yeah. budget i'm also asking for a couple ice cold cans of diet moxie oh, uh, and then maybe some like hot that's tamales. worse that's worse than the death penalty <laughs> <laughs> don't don't ruin my death <laughs> Well, that's a secondary question. You have to have a beverage, right? And you can't have alcohol. So, like, just eliminate Diet Pepsi. I would love like, a couple Diet Moxies. I'd be like... You would like, go Diet Moxie, I'd huh? Love it, yeah. I seldom... I don't really drink soda anymore. It's very rare I have one. But every time I have one, it's the only time I drink soda. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is great. Probably Cherry Coke Zero. I'd go glass bottle of Coke, Mexican Coke, with the real sugar. Ooh, Cherry 7-Up's a good option, too. But I think Ooh. I'm going to stick with that Diet Pepsi. What would your last words be? Getting dark. Oh. <laughs> Ferg, I mean, that's, those are good last words, Ferg. <laughs> as, the fucking, as the fucking eclipse of darkness circles your life. This is getting dark. My last words would be, before I die, I want you guys to know the body is... <laughs> well, it's reasonable to think that if they knew where the body was, they would already know. I don't think you'd get the death penalty if they didn't know where the body I was. Like, was. Well, I'm just going to... Joe Sutton helped me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give him the Cheez-Its. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to think of last words. I feel like in that situation, you'd have such a good thing lined up. You'd be like, I'm going to really suck it to them. And instead, you're just going to be like, Please don't kill me. Like, this is actually going to come out. I mean, suck it. <laughs> the honest real answer is so much more realistic than, and sad than picking my last meal. So it's like, you don't want to actually think about it. Like what's gonna be on your gravestone, or what's gonna be yeah. on your tombstone? Which would obviously be <laughs> sausage and cheese. and cheese. I used to joke that on my headstone, I wanted to have it say like "waste of a good head of hair" because I always have a hat on. <laughs> but um, who knows? <laughs> who knows? So, anyways, after that nice morbid conversation, uh, <laughs> we we never get dark on this show. Yeah, I know. Larry walks off and heads into the kitchen. You see him in the background while Josh and Summer are talking, and in the conversation, we we learn a little bit. Like Margaret isn't her mom they got married like five years ago also we find out larry adopted summer when she was a little girl i didn't like how they they like back to back those sentence to sentence in a way that i was like confused by the situation at first right because it sounds more like margaret's not my mom she's my stepmom is like what you get from that 
They were like, oh, yeah, they got married five years ago, and he adopted me when I was a little girl. It's like, so, wait, so who's your mom? Like, it, like it, That's how she died. She got, she got stuck in the dryer. <laughs> I said stepmom, and I was like, do I say it? Is someone else going to say it? She starts to talk about how Larry has always supported her, like, ever since he adopted her. And, like, with everything she's ever wanted to do and mentioned that when she got into, like, acupuncture, like, he still can't feel anything in his left hand. And then, oh, shit, she did it. I think she's the killer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I love that that was legitimately a real time exclamation of what you thought. She did oh, it to defend her I'm dad who she knew he, he was in a loveless marriage and wanted him to be free. She killed it. I guarantee it. I okay. Go well, we, we don't know. Because as of right now, I believe we've only all seen the first episode, right? Yep. All right. So spoiler right. free, other than the fact that we spoil the first episodes when you guys listen. But so I like that. Because you, because you can see Larry in the background in the kitchen the whole time while she's explaining the acupuncture situation, he takes like a hot cast iron out of the pan out of the uh, oven, and it's like resting right on his bare left hand, and he doesn't feel the heat from it at all because <laughs> yeah. of the acupuncture incident. The, the way they shoot that is such a great joke because you're not paying attention, you won't see it, and if you are paying attention, it's just hilarious. John Lithgow burning his hand with paella without like- being like super in your face, yeah. Yeah, and he's not being wacky about it. It's it's just shot very well. Like it's a really well shot scene. I felt like that acupuncture thing might the the him not having feeling in his hand might come into play later on too. Well, like some evidence that that's how he didn't do it. Some something like I I we don't know because it's only episode one. But I, I want to believe the show is very. I, I want to believe the show is very clever. But I I have no evidence to back it up. <laughs> Has anybody here ever had acupuncture? No. 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 no me neither. My mom is a fan of it. She she had it done before. She actually recommended it to me not long ago. My wife had it and she raved about it. I just I can't be flat on a table that long and like not be super uncomfortable. Don't want needles in me. Also that. I mean, if it's gonna like make things feel better, then like at this point, I'll try anything. But yeah, they should. You should just see how many needles it takes to go into your ankle to see if you can fucking walk again. You'll you'll try anything but go to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> you will go to an acupuncturist before you go to a fucking doctor for your ankle. That makes the most sense in the world. Now it cuts to a talking head of Josh outside, and he's talking about how, like, this is going to be the case, how Larry is this devoted family man. And as he's going on about it, Dwayne pops up and tells him, hey, there's been breaking news in the case. Like his brother told him, they go to sidebar. He's like, well, why didn't you just call me? He's like, oh, I didn't want it to be like, recorded and like realizing they're being recorded by camera because the documentary crew so when they're sidebarring he's, he's telling them like yeah so my cousin was saying he's like i thought you said it was his bro- your brother it's like well he's both my, my dad cheated on my mom with their sister a brother cousin <laughs> so yeah so now it's his brother cousin when it's referred to after that but he wouldn't tell him what it was the breaking news in the case but now we hear the news on in the background of like the house so they they rush in to watch the news report with you know larry and his family and that's when we find out that it's been exposed that Larry was unfaithful and it was with his trainer, Alfonso. And the first picture they show is like him just like on his back and Alfonso holding his legs up. And he's like, it was leg day. He's like helping me stretch. Like that's very explainable. And then the next one is like him just sitting on like a weight machine with like Alfonso just like wrapped around him and they're just kissing. <laughs> they're just in a embrace. And he's like, yeah, that's going to be a lot harder to explain. <laughs> My favorite line of this entire episode, the line I laughed at the most, is that what he's trying to explain this, he says, sexuality is fluid, which is like a real response. And then he takes a beat and goes, 
And sometimes my fluids go towards men. I fucking lost it. <laughs> like, John Lithgow, you were so fucking funny. You delivered that so perfectly. And that obviously is going to, like, demolish the entire case Josh just had where he was a devoted family man. So him and Dwayne head back to the office to go over the case again. And when they get there, Ann tells Josh that someone had just come in earlier who was, like, really angry and yelling. And he's like, and she, um, he asks her if she remembers what he looks like. And she's like, oh, of course. And holds up a drawing she made of him. This is the podcast tattoo, by the way. This drawing is the podcast tattoo we need to all go get. No. And you know why? Because I didn't think this was the thing I thought was the least funny in the whole episode. I didn't like this at all. I don't like the story arcs. I laughed very hard at this. I thought that's so funny that she would draw a person with no face. That's fucking (laughs) part. It's a great joke. The face, the whole face amnesia story arc, I don't like. So, like, when that happened, it was like, I didn't like it. I thought you guys would be more on board with me. I guess I'm, I'm all no, I think on No, I think we all think it's very yeah, funny. I don't know why you're yeah. so against face amnesia. I don't know. I just didn't find it very funny. But in the drawing that she does make of the faceless man, you can see that that person is smoking a cigar and has a bow tie. So that's enough for Josh to realize that it was Larry's brother-in-law. Also, so I call bullshit on this because they came from that house with him and they left there to go back to the office. So did he run out, beat them there and yell and then leave? Maybe they stopped for lunch. Maybe he didn't have any of that paella. I don't know. I mean, nobody wants to eat paella. We had a long paella talk uh, a long time ago. There's a clip on our, like, you'd have to really scroll back on our Instagram. Feel free to. There's a lot of videos. That's why anyone pod. (laughs) We had a paella talk in the past. What episode was that? It was forever ago. I wouldn't. Yeah, it's so long ago, I didn't remember, but... Oh, the one where we talk about food? <laughs> yeah, like... We never do that. We never talk about food Was or it coffee. coach? I, I, honestly, Didn't I wouldn't... did he make paella for his daughter? I think you might be right, You actually. might be that right. Could be, yes. That could be right, yeah. That's such a weird thing to fucking actually get <laughs> I hope for you're her. right, because if that is right, that is, like, next level. You and your beautiful mind. Yeah, now, now ask me about <laughs> math. Because <laughs> your beautiful mind... Um, by the way, would anybody out there watch an S1E1 cooking show? We talk about food enough that I think we could probably get some recipes on YouTube. Cooking shows are really hard to shoot, by the way. Oh, then we shouldn't do them. Well, they take a lot of time and effort. So I, mean, I would say they just take a lot of editing. I, yeah. I one time helped a friend of mine that does a professional photographer, and he did the still photos for a shoot where they were doing that, but like for like a drink making competition, for like mixed drinks. Mm-hmm. And it was like a nine-hour day. Oh yeah, able to make three because you you make the drink, you set up, you do the interviews. And like I couldn't believe it. It was like the first time I was like, TV's not real. Everything goes so slow. It would just be funny though if we we did the cooking show, but it was still in podcast form audio, so like no one can see <laughs> no it. No video. Everyone's doing a Julia Child's voice for some reason. <laughs> Everyone makes a paella, and then we have someone taste it and see who's his best. I still don't know what it is. We've talked about it, so my paella it's, is going to be like chicken soup. It doesn't sound very good. Go back, I guess, and find out from Cheers, or a Coach, rather. It's, it, I don't think it, it, I don't, we discussed this, and paella is not naturally with fish. It's a chicken dish. Well, I think go it, back it and watch the clip. <laughs> we can't have another long paella talk. Why not? <laughs> well, luckily, I feel like this, though, makes a clip where you can go, and then you'll find the old clip and put it in so we're good yeah do that gordo so the drawing led him to jeremiah and it seems like jeremiah is just really mad about the gay thing it pretty much flipped him on this whole trial and 
Now he wants to pull his money. He actually wants to use his money and, and use it toward the other side now. So um, that's a real fuck you move, right? To be like, not only am I pulling my money, I'm going to give it to the other side. <laughs> it makes sense, though, because now he's found out he's cheating on his sister. And that is true, because a lot of it was based on how much he loved true. his sister. Yeah. I also like when he's talking about how, you know, I know a thing or two about male camaraderie from like his like army days. And like, <laughs> it's a pretty gay photo of <laughs> <laughs> and his buddies are all just like in their underwear and stuff like that from like way back. That's a great cutaway scene. And that photo is so fucking great. We're like, if the show had taken off more, this would have been like, I think a thing people memed all the time. Well, it's one of those things where it's like the, the character after seeing the stuff with Larry is coming off a little homophobic, but then has this like very homoerotic photo of him and his buddies, you know? So it's like, the, the, you know, the irony of it all. Side note, have we dis- I know I was off camera for a bit. Have we discussed how we've gotten Bob Gunton twice in three weeks? We did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You missed all the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so now we, we cut back to Josh and Summer at that restaurant where they originally met, and he's explaining the situation to her and how now that the firm isn't being paid, like his boss is out. And she's like, Well, we still have you. And he's saying, like, you know, how he's not like fit for the job and all this stuff. What I didn't like in this situation was I don't think Berg usually kind of are on board with this type of stuff. I don't think they did enough to show them get to like one another to have this conversation. A hundred percent. Also, there's no reason for him to stay because as far as everything's pointing, this guy's guilty. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. why would you right. risk losing your job and stay for this guy? It's like if, if you truly believed and you had like some evidence, like, no, I really believe this guy's innocent. He did mention the, the last time he talked to her at the restaurant that like just getting it to trial would be really good for him. So maybe that's kind of where his mindset is. If I can just get this much, like that will help my career. Yeah. But the plan was getting it to trial. So his boss could take over. Now he would have to take over and this would be a big like trial. It would only hurt him. Yeah. I just, again, I just don't know why the two of them all of a sudden are like chummy. Yeah. And like out to lunch together. I don't, th- there needed to be something else in between. She hated him two scenes ago. Yeah. They've only had one scene in between where shit went down and there wasn't any bonding moment where they could have, you know, really buried the hatchet. And that scene like closes with the, your dad can do a lot better than me. And then I like how they cut it right to him with Larry somewhere else later on where you can tell that was the last sentence he also said to Larry because Larry's responding to, to that sentence with like the with who some court appointed lawyer who thinks I'm a kook is a kooks a strong word. That was a very, um, Jim ish delivery there. Yeah. And he's saying like, you know, I need someone who believes in me. And when he's kind of reassuring, like he's trying to see like, Josh, you believe in me, right? He can tell he doesn't. <laughs> and he's like, well, I believe in you. And then he just skates off <laughs> And you can tell it's like a body double skating. Totally like caught me off guard. I died when he skated <laughs> away. I wasn't expecting it at all. It's so fast. Like it's obviously a body double, and he just hauls ass on these skates away. <laughs> I'd like to think in a world that it is John Lithgow skating away. Yeah, maybe that's like why that it was in the in the show. Like he can actually roller skate really well. <laughs> he put in his contract. He's like, I do my own stunts. Okay, I will skate away from the coffee table. I mean, since we already talked about the office a bunch, it's like how, like, in real life, Steve Carell's really good at ice skating. So they just like, <laughs> yeah. well, we should write this in. 
Yeah, they had to write that in twice for some reason. <laughs> and then they mention it in a third episode, because then Jan mentions he's very good at some things. Great hockey, great ice skater or whatever. It's so, like they really work it through. So now we, we cut to later that night, and Josh is going over all these crime scene photos. And he notices like these weird tracks with the blood, and we realize it's from the, the roller skates. And you can hear Anne laugh in the other room. This is Anne's best scene, I think, by the way. I think she really kills it in this one. So we get the talking head from her, and now she explains like that she has a condition where she kind of laughs at inappropriate times and tells a story about how she learned this when her when she was like little, her grandmother fell off a balcony and like landed on a car, and like as she's telling it, she like starts to do the <laughs> and she like eventually starts cracking up laughing. And I will say, Joe, I agree. She was really good in this scene. For me, though, I was like, this is three in one episode. Like, can we just get like one per episode at most? Like, this is a lot to dump on me. Like, by the end of the season, is she supposed to have 5,000 conditions? I agree. I think the better way to write this is she has a new one every episode. And then you don't hearken back to the other ones. You only sort of almost ignore on that it ever happened. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't like the face one. I would have liked if this was a thing that we established early in the episode, because there could have been other inappropriate times for her to laugh. And I would have liked that to be like a, a thread throughout the whole episode. I mean, I, th- I still think that everyone else, I think this is a, we'll see what Gordo says, but as we stand now, I think we're at a 75, 25 on the face thing, but just to get that drawing, I think that face joke works. Now when Josh and Dwayne are looking at all these photos, they notice that there's one where like the skate marks are like kind of circular, like near where the window is. And you can see there's like a good distance. And now in the back of a photo, you see like a bloody handprint, but there's no like skate marks that go all the way back to where that is. And now they're thinking someone else must have been in that room. And now this is the first time like Josh actually believes that Larry is innocent. Right. They should have done this scene before the guy, before the scene with the brother sw- switching who he's funding. Because then he would have had reason to stick around because he believes he's innocent. Where him sticking around before when he doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, the timing was kind of weird with that. But trying to remember, now, now I'm thinking back at the timeline of the episode. By the time he cuts out, do we officially know that there's no more? Oh, yeah. Wait, all right, hold on. Now now I'm just rambling on. (laughs) So he learns that he loses the funding and then the the boss is going to cut out because they're not being paid. So I guess like he doesn't need to have that information yet because if he has the information, there'd be no reason for the brother to cut out, right? No, but what I'm saying is his reason for staying, he could have just left. And if he thinks he's guilty and stuff, it's like, why risk your career and stay to try to defend a guilty man? Where he could have just went back to his boss and his job. Why risk your career and try to defend a guilty man? Hello, my name is O.J. Simpson. I mean, because sometimes it's about the money and the I'm job, sorry, was O.J. innocent? Yeah. You just got juiced. I don't think he was innocent. <laughs> hey, if he did it. The glove did not fit Joe. That's true. That's why we, we must have acquitted, man. It's crazy. We're on the 20th anniversary of that now. 30th anniversary of that now. It's also crazy how much we've mentioned OJ on the podcast. <laughs> I weirdly think about OJ Simpson and Michael Jackson all the fucking time. And I hate that that's a thing in my life. <laughs> I remember clear as day being in elementary school and yeah. getting out of that school the day of the verdict and like hearing the parents and like this, all the kids like talking about it. Like, and we're 
seven, eight years old. And yeah. it's like, he walked. It's like, what? I mean, back then, too, all the slammers no. and pogs were like either squeeze or don't squeeze the juice. They were, you got to give it to them. They were very bipartisan. They knew they were trying to sell to both markets. You could get like a slammer that was guilty on one side and not on the other. That was like the most famous slammer, I think, of all the slammers. Yeah. And for our younger audience, there was a game called Pogs when we were in school. <laughs> for our younger audience, there was a guy named O.J. Simpson who made some <laughs> great movies and then did some other real bad stuff. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, naked gun. <laughs> and now he's just chilling. He moved. Oh, fuck. Also, minus the allegedly. It's O.J. Um, he moved to Florida because he moved to the one state. For, I'm not trying to knock on your Florida too hard here. But Florida is the one state that won't tax your pension no matter what. So he literally had to move to a state so that the NFL's pension would still go to him and not go to his victims. That is a bad baller move right there. Holy shit. But how could it go to his victims when he was declared innocent? (laughs) I'm not saying he's innocent for the record. I'm saying I I understand. But he was found guilty in the civil trial. And that's where the money comes from. I get you. So, um, anyways, no, 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 fuck this episode. We're talking about OJ now. This next hour is all OJ and Marsha Clark. Let's do it. Josh heads over to the district attorney, uh, Carol's office, to show her that same picture, which I don't know why you would do that. Unless you're trying to get, like, an early plea or something. Like, I don't... You have to show all evidence to your, um, the other side. It's part of discovery, yeah. Oh, like, privately? <laughs> yeah, but, like, I just... You have to share everything. You can't just, like, the whole thing about, like... You see, like, Perry Mason, it's like, then what happened to their feet? Aha! And they, like, show a picture. Like, that's not real. That's illegal. Okay. You can't actually do that. It's funny because I learned that from my cousin Vinny <laughs> movie. <laughs> the second time my cousin Vinny has been brought up tonight. <laughs> to be fair, it is the greatest legal drama of our time. What about Jury Duty with Polly Shore? <laughs> okay. Well, that's the second greatest legal <laughs> of our time. Also, guys, we've been talking about Polly Shore in a little while. Did you see it's officially happening? Polly Shore is actually going to star in a biopic about Richard Simmons. And Richard Holy Simmons, shit. who has what? not said anything out loud in public in like eight years since the last time he had to come out and just be like, I'm not dead. I just don't want to be bothered anymore. I'm trying to like retire. Had to come out and be like, I don't support Polly Shore playing me in a movie. And I have no part of this. It was like my favorite news day of all time when that happened yesterday. You know what's funny about Polly Shore is he does a stand up tour. But he does not go anywhere popular. He did um, a whole documentary about it. Yeah, like he just goes to like these armpit towns and shit. I, I mean, I don't well, you know, know why. What? Hold on. First off, we have listeners all over the country. Um, but hey, listen. And even Joe, like Joe lives very close to like a, a popular city that gets a decent amount of touring acts. But like we've spent our whole lives like. In Boston, where like every big tour from everybody rolls through, it's an A market. And then, if you live in some of those like off the beaten path, if you live in Biloxi, Mississippi, you're not getting all these big tours all the time. Yeah, but you get Polly Shore. But here's the thing, though: if you're Polly Shore, <laughs> which I think is a win. If you're Polly Shore, though, and you're going to those places who are like starved for that entertainment and stuff and touring, like you yeah, go there you and you're a bigger. fucking. You're a rock star everywhere you go because, like, they're just so excited to get, like, some, some action in their area. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But say say what you will about him. He, he kind of is a rock star, though. Like, isn't he? Like, yeah, I he would, hasn't well, done anything in a long time. I would go see him. He was I love still, Pauly Shore. Like, I see Pauly Shore to, right now. Yeah. yeah, I love Pauly Shore. We talk about it all the time in this podcast not making fun of him because we like all the stuff he's done. 
And you know what's funny? Like even for us, like as like like I say, like Boston's a big market. And then like for us, when sometimes when things are farther from us, like places we have to go, it's like maybe it's Portland, Maine, maybe it's Manchester, New Hampshire, maybe it's Providence, Rhode Island, and those are all like a, an hour and change from us. Like not there are places in the country where. You were five, six hours from another bigger city. Like you might never get like big entertainment anywhere near. Yeah. You. Yeah. If you're in like a small town in Iowa or like the, the part of Illinois that's out towards the corn area, you know, like something's three hours away. It might be worth the drive. Yeah. It's when you just go to you fly to Vegas to see Neil Diamond. That's your like thrilling <laughs> life. No, we need to be entertained. <laughs> it has to be Neil Diamond. <laughs> It has to be Neil Diamond. Uh, I would pay good money to see Polly Shore. I don't think I'd pay good money to see Neil Diamond. What about Polly Shore as Neil Diamond? Take my money. Would you do Neil <laughs> Diamond with the cast of Saving Silverman? That I would see. <laughs> You're the man now, dog. <laughs> Didn't think we'd get a second Steve Zahn reference, but here we are today. Oh, I did Finding Forrester when <laughs> yes, you said you Saving did. Silverman. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different movies. For, why would that joke have made sense to you? I don't know, but here we are. <laughs> but I do like the idea of Steve Zahn, I mean, uh, Sean Connery shitting on the lawn outside of Steve Zahn's apartment and asking for the TP. Uh, I will watch that movie any day. We ate her. <laughs> and for some reason, the first thing I think of when I think of Steve Zahn is when he does when he's doing the the voiceover for the shark in. <laughs> 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 What is that strange wilderness? Strange wilderness. Thank you. I could yeah. not think of the name of it. He should get like canonized. Like he's a saint. From the second I saw him in that thing you do, that thing you do, yeah, yeah, forever. Nice he's man great. in the he's camper. Even, he plays a semi-serious character on that. Um, oh shit! What was the name of that? Like it was like a a crime show. It had two seasons. It was that. It was called Oh Shit. Oh, was that it? Yeah, no. That's why I didn't last more than two seasons. Uh, so it was a huge not a good show. Name. What? The uh, true no, detective. Um, God damn it! One sec. He's also just in the last season of Righteous Gemstones, and he was great in that. I still awesome. haven't seen that. I don't think we can cover it because I think they're kind of long. It's maybe not necessarily a sitcom, but it's very funny and very good. Definitely not a sitcom. It's a straight up comedy. The White Lotus. He was in the first oh, right. season yeah, of the White Lotus. That. So, anyways, the cycle is back. When Josh is showing her the picture, she kind of disregards it, doesn't really pay much mind to it, and basically says, like, all I know is that Larry is a known, like, homosexual, so Josh is like, well, last I checked, that's not a crime, but it turns out, like, where they live in South Carolina, it is, <laughs> and she shows him, like, the buggery act of, 19, of 1789. <laughs> This is another great little throwaway line that if you don't know what buggery is, her line is not funny. If you do, this line is pretty great. The little um, drawing that's in the like the book yeah. is funny <laughs> on its own anyways. Okay, I changed my mind. That is the S1U1 tattoo. <laughs> we have to get the South Carolina buggery logo tattooed. Would anybody here watch a Patreon episode of one of us ordering a tattoo machine off of Amazon and tattooing that onto Gordo, because that's a thing that may have to happen. <laughs> it could be, it could be having sex with the dragon. <laughs> oh my God. We can complete his chest piece. And just to like round it out, buggery is just sodomy, right? It's well, it's, it's anal sex. Yeah. So sodomy can be oral sex too. The oh really? Is, yeah. Definition is loose on that, but buggery yeah. is strictly anal sex. And here I am. Again, 37 years old. My whole life, I thought sodomy was just butt. Sodomy, I'm 99.9% sure sodomy is also can be in, uh, oral. I'm not sure about that, but 
you you know a lot more about that kind of thing than me. And the clubs and stuff. <laughs> uh, I typed it in to look for it, and the first thing I got was sodium oral dose. I, was like, I don't know what that means, but maybe I should do the not J thing and look on my private browsing. See, and you didn't use incognito, so now when you search something else, it's going to come up. Full circle. Okay, so there's actually some argument here, but it is considered sodomy, and it's very rarely been enforced against heterosexual couples having anal or oral sex. So yeah. It, so right. oral can be considered sodomy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I still don't think I'll ever use it that way, but... There is a term for sodomy, <laughs> it says here, too. One of the original terms means any sex that's used that's non-procreative sex. So that means, like, if you... A hand job would technically under those okay fall under sodomy too. So basically if you're not doing uh P to V. P to V, it can be sodomy. So. <laughs> Wait, if it's P to V with a condom, is that sodomy? Because that's not procreation? I think it's procreation sex. You're just trying to put a little stop sign in there. Cause you could pulling out would still be so- <laughs> <laughs> that's um what was OJ's lawyer again? <laughs> Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, my neck just cracked. Yeah, he, he's up there. If the sex is not P to V, then it is not sodomy. Now go with him trying to have sex with a girl, not being able to put the condom on. Be like, if the glove doesn't fit, you must quit. Oh, I've never heard Johnny Cockring before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jay, Johnny open a, a browser tab and <laughs> Johnny Cockring. See what Johnny Cockring thought the next S1E1 shirt. <laughs> oh my god, a drawing of OJ Simpson and Johnny Cockring. Are you kidding me? Oh my god. I'm going to have an entire back piece of tattoos when this episode's over. Uh, good, good thing we're not monetized to begin with. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Is Johnny Cochran still alive? I feel like OJ can't do shit, but that guy will come after us, so everybody be oh, careful. Oh, Johnny Cochran died. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> Guys, we got away with it. Dodge that bullet. Carol's basically saying, so hey, basically one way or another, I'm going to take him down because we have this on him now and tells Josh to head back to New York saying it's not your problem anymore. And he's like, you know what? It actually is my problem because I decided to stay. And then she's like, well, if you're going to stay, you might as well spend the night with me. You know, bug- the bug react is seldom enforced. <laughs> and I'm like, this- he very much considers it. He considers it like two different times, which I, th- is, I think it's it's very funny. He gets the second one. No. And then he st- he's like, well, no, wait, no. <laughs> I would. It- Look, we're not made- he must be made of stone. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's a tough, um, a tough walk away from moment. That's because he's already got his will. They won't. They with the daughter. There is the will. They won't. They. But I feel like also, even if he wants to, I think maybe that- he's not in a buggery sex. It's not, you know, not for everybody. I just want to say, though, even if he doesn't, he might really, really want to, and he's being torn, but he realizes if he does, that is him getting kicked off the case. Like, that's a conflict of interest immediately. Mm, Yeah. So maybe it's not about whether he wants to or not with Trixie, but that he realizes he can't because then he'd have to go home. And he just accepted this case. I mean, he should have asked if that was the only thing on the menu. Like, does it have to be buggery? Can we do other things? Jay, very anti-buggery from the conversation we're having. I'm not a real big buggery guy. <laughs> but again, we just said it can be so many things. Jay is a strictly missionary penis-to-vagina sex person only. Sodomy can be other things. Buggery is... Oh, you're correct. Okay, I was thinking, I was going back to sodomy. Hey, listen. For those of you who are in a buggery, I'm not here to judge. 
I've tried buggery. It wasn't like my favorite thing. We've said it many um, times in the show because we've had to. We're not here to kink shame. We're not we here bring to up shame. lots of stuff, and everybody here is a. Uh, no one's here to shame, but we all have preferences. Yeah. Jay-Z yeah, can no, see I, by typing in clearly into his search history on his phone like a fucking psychopath. Yeah, just type any letter in. I'm sure something will come out. <laughs> type in B and see if buggery comes up. I'll give you $100. <laughs> Once he leaves, you cut to him in the office, and Larry's just, like, staring at that taxidermist through the window, which is funny. And there's this, like, little kind of, not like a semi-montage type thing where... You just see all these different things going on around the office while there's narration from Josh like over it explaining how he's going to stay even though his boss said he's on his own, but he's not on his own. He's got like, you know, East Peck's finest. <laughs> it was fine. It was a little, it was a little wholesome. I kind of like that though. Cause I like one shot of random wholesome out of a show that has been so bananas the whole time. Like I, I kind of enjoy that as like a, almost a riff on the sitcom. That, that kind of closure of an episode is like, it's so a product of that time. Like so many shows do that narration where it's wholesome. The main one I can think of is uh, modern family. They did that every episode. Well, we kind of have one last yep. surprise drop on the, on oh, this yeah. ride <laughs> because from there, it looks like it's going to close out there, but now we have like that last kind of like meeting. Now Larry's joining the team. They're all in front of that whiteboard again. And he's like, okay, Larry think like, is there anything else I need to know about, you know, you that may incriminate you like about this case. And he's like, no, nothing I could think of. And now again, we're getting to that whole news report breaks out on the TV. And now we learn that Larry's first wife also died by being thrown through a plate glass window. Cause the daughter killed her. The daughter would have been around for that too. It's the only character I really that would have been have around an update in like a few weeks to see if Fergus, you correct. might be right. Yeah. But yeah. After that news report is when he goes, okay, I can't think of one thing. But then the way the episode ends is an Anne laughs at that, too, which I think is a really good callback for Anne. Yeah. Ferg, yeah, I think you may have you may have cracked that because it would make sense because she would have been around five years ago as well. Okay, I want to put something out there for anybody listening to this episode. Please do not put the answer to what happens in any of our comments on Instagram or anything for these. We I think a few of us want to watch it. I certainly want to watch it. So please don't be like. Berg was right <laughs> like a week because we won't have the time to get through it. So I'm just trying to put that into the ether here that you don't do that yet. Please give us like a month at least. I, I will say, and that's to close the episode. One thing I, I, you know, just looking through IMDb, like something that sucks is like, it looks like, like John Lithgow's only in this season. Well, it's because they do a second case though. I like that. So is that how that that's means- supposed to work? Was every yeah. season supposed to be a new trial, like yep. brand new start? Like he's on a different case or is it just a different like No, it's he's it's the core people here and then a different case. Okay. So that's why you get the that's why another show like this I think can be so fun too, because you get a great character like John Lithgow to come in and do ten episodes or whatever. But then you don't have to just follow that story forever. You can get another great right. funny actor to come in next season. Which is another I can't believe that by the third season they were like, nah, nobody wants this. Like you have so much fun with this. You can But I think again so that's things. a product of it doesn't necessarily mean the quality of the show, but if they're looking on a numbers standpoint, and it doesn't necessarily mean it was the fault of the show, but if no one's watching it, then no, why? No, it's clearly the fault of, of the advertisers because none of us knew this show existed. I, listen, I not that I don't agree, but I'm just saying if you're NBC, even if they're the ones who drop the ball, say you're whoever else, right? Say you're ABC or Fox or anyone, and they're shopping the show around now, there's no analytics to say we need to dump money into the show because it's not making money. So, like, I get it. 
whatever reason got them there, it's very tough, especially to be like, Hey, we know you didn't watch the first two seasons, but now watch this season. Like it's like, that's tough. Who was the, the main, like who was the John Lithgow of season two? Was it another big name or I think it was that, um, Chenoweth's girl, uh, Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, I don't know who that is. You would know her face if you saw her tiny blonde. We hit the old I think Google. this show was a victim also of, oh, if it was a year later, because you gotta remember, like, COVID gave things such a boost. This is 2017 to 2018, and then to the other season, right? So if this was a year later, people liked this, and then the second season came on, and then people binged it because it was new product in the COVID era, I think we would have gotten at least a third season out of it. But yeah, I mean, in any event, we've covered the entirety of the show. I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to add. We, we went pretty thorough on it, so... It went pretty thorough, yeah. I uh, This is one of those ones, though, where, like, again, I think because it is a whodunit, even if you didn't like the show, it's very hard in our positions to be like, don't watch the next episode. You're like, I, I have questions. I want them answered. So I am, I'll, I'll for sure rewatch, I will for sure watch this one. Well, with that being said, I might as well get into the green letter cancel. And again, you guys can go to S21pod on Instagram and X. Uh, Instagram, primarily, we definitely put a graphic every week showing the results of our green letter cancel along with clips of the episodes and some other stuff. So uh, go ahead and give us a follow there. So yeah, I'll go in the order. I see you guys, Nick, starting with you. I just want to state first, Gordo, I know you're listening to this. I know you haven't watched the episode yet. And I know you're not going to like this show because you're not going to think it's a sitcom, but it is a sitcom. Having said that, this is a very easy green light. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of new character. I mean, John Lithgow is really the only person who jumps out. Uh, Bob Gunton, too, obviously, but like he's he's barely in it. A lot of the new characters are, are really easy to like. The it's just I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about this show. Just I just I just enjoyed it. Like overall as a whole, it was just a really fun watch. Aside from what Joe said and wanting to know where the story goes, I still want to come back and see more of these characters. Like I talked about at the top of the episode, it bums me out that this only went two seasons, though. It, it kind of makes me not want to, you know, fall for these characters and then not have any more of it. Right. But because of that, I think that even that supports even more that I, I, I do really like it. And yeah, it's an easy green light. Ferg, I actually would agree with Gordo that I don't think this is a sitcom because the definition by definition the fact that it's an ongoing story, it makes it a miniseries, but it's a comedy and we bend the rules a lot. But easy green light. I was hooked on this show from the 911 call and then the dog got pulled. <laughs> John Lithgow through the roof, one of like the best actors out there. He's just so good and great supporting cast. You got to know a lot of people. I, I say this at a lot of sitcoms, but you got to lo- know a lot of characters and they were throwing at you all at once, and you still got to know every single one of them. You knew who they were. It's just well-told story. I can't wait to watch the rest of this. Easy green light. Joe. Yeah, I agree with both of you. Super easy green light. I think, though, it gets a pass as not being a sitcom because it's a sitcom parodying a different thing. So because of that, it is sort of outside of the realm. So it's a bit of both, but I would still consider it a sitcom. I love pilots like this where it's like, here's a story and here's the whole gang. And here's just a little bit about everybody to give you a little taste where you're like, are you going to want to watch these people again going forward? And I think with this cast, for sure, everybody in this you want to see again. At least I do. It was very hard to not watch the second episode of this and just keep going. 
this happens a lot with shows, and I try my best to actually watch them if we do a show that I really enjoy. I've been uh, pretty good on it so far, and I think one of the easy things for us is it's wintertime. We're in the Northeast, and we record right before the weekend. So there's a lot of days where you're like, well, I've got 12 hours inside. Like, what am I going to do? And a show like this is a real easy, like, this will kill an afternoon where you're just eating food and hanging out. So uh, I loved this. This is a huge green light for me. Yeah, so um, I'm not even 100% sure where you can watch this. Oh, yeah. Is this on Peacock? That's another question. It should be on Peacock, right? NBC, it should be Peacock. It's got to be, yeah. It should be, but I don't know if it is. And then when you look up, like, where to watch, it's a lot of, like, pay-per-episode type dealies, which I would like to avoid if possible. Yeah, that's weird. When you Google it and you just and you click watch show, Peacock is not one of the things that pops up. And, of course, I actually... It is not on Peacock. It oh, may that is be insane. on Prime. I'm not logged into Amazon, so I can't tell if I need to buy it or if it is free with Amazon This is Prime. definitely going to be a buy thing. And that's so aggravating because now I'm going to end up buying it and then it will go on free immediately after, like when I did a... I'm just the Adam Scott show. The show is like to peel it back. You know, um, I always have to download the episodes to keep so I can make clips on again on the Instagram. And then for you guys to be able to watch if if people are remote, they could watch it off. You know, our drive, we share it with each other. This was the first time I had to rip a video off of Facebook. They aired the entire first episode in its completion on Facebook. And I had to rip it off that. That's wild. Is that why no one knew about it? It was on fucking Facebook. And well, no, episode TV. one was <laughs> yeah. on Facebook, but but also, um, anyways, no favors if it's not on fucking Peacock. What are you doing, NBC? Yeah, I know it's their, it's their show, but anyways, I have to do my green letter cancel. So, um, listen, uh, for me, uh, same same as the other guys, I'm gonna green light it. I didn't think it was perfect. There were things I would have liked to have changed. Uh, we detailed a lot of that, but um, ultimately, really good cast. It was fun. It, it was an easy watch. I just think product of not getting the name out on that or whatever happened, maybe it was the time slot. I don't know. But again, just for the style of show where it was aired, the people that are in it for the four of us who all lean towards this style of show to not even know it came out, like forget, like just not getting around to watching it, but to not even know it existed. Um, that's the fault of NBC. In any event, sorry, NBC wasn't a fan, but we were four out of five from us. Again, we'll find out what Gordo does. We'll put it on a graphic. I bet he says no because he's um, an antagonist just for sports sometimes when it comes to our voting. But in any event, uh, thank you guys for listening. Go to S1E1Pod.com. Again, everywhere you can see our stuff on social media, where to listen to us. Rate, review, subscribe, spread the word, all that stuff. Very much appreciate it. Hit us up. Let us know shows you want us to. Even though Fanuary is over, we still like getting suggestions from all of you that's how we find out about shows like this we would have never watched it if it wasn't for julia so thank you again to her but that's all we have for this week uh we'll catch we you could again do next week. month too maybe fune, uh, <laughs> yeah, fune. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop that later but thank you guys good night night i think we got the best jay search history <laughs>